Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Good morning. How you guys doing? Awesome. Man, welcome to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. Um, I'm the youth pastor here at Renew Church. You can call me the youth pastor, student director, Pastor Trevor's punching bag, whatever, whatever you like. It's fine. I'm good with it. But, um, man, I'm so happy you guys are here. I'm so happy you guys get to see our kids, man, what they've been up to, what's going on in their lives, and it's going to be an awesome time. So I make that joke about Pastor Trevor because there's like a difference between a youth pastor and a senior pastor, like a lead pastor, right? you that they're like a lead pastor, it's like, wow, it's a respectable person. When somebody meets a youth pastor, they're like, wow, this guy's a lunatic. <laughs> kind of psychopath would do this? But man, today is really about celebrating our students and just all that God is doing and is going to continue to do in, in this ministry. So Misfit Youth, what, what is that? Why is that the name? Well, Misfit Youth is the name because we welcome those who society or even families deem as misfits, right? We, um, we make it our goal to introduce those people to the love of Jesus. And so we believe that Christ died for all, and we want to represent that in our ministry philosophy. So we believe that Christ didn't only die for the socially acceptable. He didn't only die for the good people or even religious people. He died for all. And so while some of our students might not fit in in some circles in society, man, they fit into the grace of Jesus. So I'm actually going to bring some students up now to the stage and have a little interview. We're going to have Jasmine, Daniel, and Luke, por favor. Give it up for them. What's up, guys? Hey. Awesome. All right, so, Jazzy. Can we give it up for Jazzy? So, Jazzy, when did you know that you belonged in Misfit Youth? Well, um, I, before I came to Renew, I was um, at a different church, and uh, they didn't really have, like, a youth ministry or anything like that. Um, so, um, my parents and my siblings, we moved churches here, um, and it was really because of youth group. They wanted me to participate in something like that. So I did. I started coming on Fridays, and um, it's been really great. Um, what was the question again? Like, <laughs> when did you know you belonged? When I know I belong. Okay. So um, we do like small groups in like during, like after the like his sermon, we break into small groups. And back then, um, it was just girls and boys. Um, so I really felt impacted in those small groups because um, we really could talk about anything and anything on our heart. And, um, you know, right away I felt accepted and I could talk, like, I could talk about anything. And um, small groups are really important to me. And um, they really helped me with, like, you know, I just, I'm in high school now. And um, you know, I just think back to, to those special moments in small groups whenever I, you know, need something. And, um, yeah, I love it. Awesome. 
And guys, this is Daniel. Can we give it up for Daniel? <laughs> Daniel, when did you know you belonged in Mr. U? I would say, um, so, for Color Wars, that was my first day. I came to the Color Wars, it's pretty much like, I guess, games and stuff. And I first met Carlos. I was doing really bad. I was very antisocial. And in Dodgeball, I had no teamwork, nothing. I was horrible. And I come back. I was so stiff. I was like, oh. I come back, and Carlos was like, you got this, man. You got this. You got it next time. And let me tell you, I never got it. But the bond was there. <laughs> Look. <laughs> OK, OK. The bond was there. And the, um, I met Emily and Cody, which was the first people. They were talking about something called Five Nights at Freddy's. And you know, as an eighth grader, hey, that was, that was a thing. And um, we were just all relating there, you know, compatible very easily. And um, they invited me to this thing called Misfit U. I tell my mom about it, she says I can go. And as soon as I'm in there, they're like, oh my gosh, he's back. Daniel, let's go. And every time I miss, like, let's say a Friday or miss one service, I come back again. It could just be one service. Oh, I'm sick or something. And they would be like, oh my gosh, look, he's back. Like if I haven't been there for like a year. So <laughs> I love it here. They're all my friends. They're like family to me. And guys, this is Luke. Give it up for Luke. So Luke, when did you know that you belonged in Misfit U? I know I belonged the first Zoom service that I went to because my mom had gotten an email from Renew Church saying that there were different small groups that people could go to. There was the women's, the men's, and then the teenagers. I joined that and they acted like I was their best friend, even though I could have been from California. <laughs> I was on Zoom. They didn't know me. First time they'd ever seen me. And they just were so accepting. And then every time that the song Party Llama played, I would just jam out. <laughs> and then when I walked into the doors, once COVID was starting to dwindle a little bit, they were like, hey, the Party Llama dude's back. So it, it just, they're just so accepting. All right, Jazzy, tell us a story about something that has impacted you in a powerful way at Misfit. Right, so last year um, we um, went to team camp. It was our first time going as a group. Um, and, you know, everybody who, who went to team camp knows that that's a, that was a very special time for us as a group. And um, there was this one day, because we, in the, in the camp, it's like a church camp, so you go, you do, they do a sermon, and you worship, and there's games, and, you know, cabins, and all that stuff. So one day we were, um, we were about to do, like, a service after worship, and um, I don't know how it happened, but like we got into like testimonies like student testimonies and I was the first one to go up you know and um, you know that we were just going to do like a few and then go into the sermon but it really didn't happen that way we started um, you know like testimony after testimony and you know we were really impacted by that there were tears and um, yeah we didn't even have time for the game afterwards like we were fine with it like the the that part of camp was really powerful. Um, so afterwards, um, the church, the different churches in the camp, they got to separate and talk, you know, with each other. So we went to our building, the Mis Misfit went to our building, and 
um, we had a time where we sat in a circle and we just got to talk about, you know, what just happened. And um, there were lots of tears, a lot of people who you don't expect to speak out, they did. And um, I think everyone spoke out and said something. And um, yeah, lots of crying, lots of laughter. It was just a really impactful time. And um, if we didn't have that, I'm not sure if we would be where we are today, so. All right, Daniel, tell us a story about something that has impacted you in a powerful way at Misfit. Okay, so I would also say something from Team Camp, but um, I, I would say when Team Camp happened, I was in the service or in youth group for about like a month or two. And those small groups, I would say I love those small groups, but I wasn't as close as to people like as I was then. And when we did small groups in um, Team Camp, it wasn't it, like, it was the same stuff, but it didn't feel the same. I was saying things I didn't even know I felt. I was feeling emotions I didn't know I could feel. And um, I don't know, I bonded with so many people, like half the people here now, I'm like so close with them, you know? And it wasn't always like that. Team Camp really changed my perspective of God and stuff. And I loved the way like it impacted me, so. Awesome. Yeah. So Luke, tell us a story about something that impacted you in a powerful way in Misfit. So I remember the time when we were we broke up into our small groups and it was the middle school boys and one of the boys shared how people were texting him to kill himself and I that was when I realized that Mikey can talk to us about that and heal us and make us renewed through Jesus and that he He's just open and that we can talk to him about what we need and what we're feeling and our emotions. You guys can be seated and give it up for them one more time. Awesome. So part of this message is, you know, letting you guys know just what's happening in our youth ministry, but I do want to dig into the why behind this ministry and ways that I think the church at large can play a role into that why. So I got into youth ministry because I felt like sometimes Christianity and church don't have really good PR, really good personal relations, right? Like I don't think that sometimes what others see and feel about us is necessarily good. And so I feel like sometimes we can be known for what we're against and not necessarily reflect a loving savior. And so I can tell you that this was my perspective before I followed Jesus, right? I thought that the church were hypocrites, you know, all these different things. And it wasn't only my experience, but it was the experience of and the perspective of my peers at the time, the millennials. That's the generation that I'm a part of. And when I began to follow Jesus, I was realizing, wait a second, this, is, this love of Jesus that I'm experiencing is nothing like the perspective that I had before. Th this is the best thing that I've ever experienced. So I was confused on why this perception existed. So me wanting to see what this was and why there was a disconnect, why this wasn't adding up, why a perspective about church and Christianity, but then my own personal experience with Jesus, 
I was like, there's got to be something going on. So I did some research. I wanted to see what the reason was, and I found something that was pretty, pretty concerning. 60% of millennials who grew up in church have left the church in adulthood. 60% of a generation just left the church. And I'm looking at this and freaking out because I'm like, how did this happen? Like, what I'm experiencing with Jesus, how did this not translate? And, and how did that result in 60% of a generation walking away from their faith? So I'm freaking out. I'm trying to figure out what went wrong. And as I digged in more to see what was going on, I realized something. There was this trend of people who departed the faith and said they did, and said that when they did, they felt like they were being set free. And I'm like, what? Set, like, set free from what? That, that's the opposite of what Jesus does. He's, Jesus sets you free. But these people are walking away from the church and from the faith saying, I feel like I'm being set free. And I'm trying to put this together because I'm like, wait a second, doesn't Jesus say, come all who are weary and I will give you rest? Like, isn't his yoke easy and provide rest for our souls? And the answer to that is yes, but these people describe their Christian experience as being, and I quote, far from being restful or light. In fact, it was very burdensome, like a millstone around my neck. There were so many rules and regulations to follow. And so as I'm reading this and, and just coming to the realization of this, I realized that a lot of these people were not introduced to Jesus. They were introduced to man-made religion. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't wear that. Don't watch this. Don't eat that. So on and so on. Guys, this sounds like a description of the Pharisees. And if you don't know who the Pharisees are, they were a religious group in the times of Jesus. And the Pharisees were basically just known for what they were against. They thought themselves righteous because of what they did, their works, and they didn't associate with anybody who wasn't on their level. See, the Pharisees taught that rules and regulations are what make you righteous, that your performance makes you holy before God. But the problem with that is that that ideology is totally contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so according to Christ, there is nothing we can do to earn our righteousness. Righteousness comes from faith in him alone, and he makes people holy. But a lot of people, their Christian experience looked like this rules and regulation religion. So there are obviously many differences between Jesus and the Pharisees. And we're going to unpack one of those right now. So let's go to Luke 5, verse 29. It says, Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. 
Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. So we'll stop right there. So before this, before this banquet is taking place, Jesus calls Levi. Levi is better known as Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector. Why is that a big deal? Well, in those times, a tax collector, their job was to tax their own people on behalf of the people that were oppressing them. And they would take a huge cut from that taxation. So you can see how tax collectors weren't seen as the most moral people. In fact, they were kind of seen as traitors to their own. And so Jesus saw something in Matthew, and he challenged him to leave his well-paying job and come follow him. And Matthew did. So Matthew's excited. His life is changing. He met Jesus. So he wants to have this banquet. Now, who are Matthew's friends? Are they religious people? No. They're tax collectors. So they have this party. He's like, Jesus, come over. I want to celebrate this. I'm going to bring my friends. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. So here's where we're at. Now we're going to verse 30. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? We'll stop there. See, the Pharisees saw no reason for someone who claimed to be righteous or holy to be in a setting like this. You see, a Pharisee would never see any reason to break bread with those kinds of people. In their minds, it's like, why would the righteous be around, and I quote, such scum? You see, their reason would be that they are against immoral professions, sinners, sin. So why on earth would they engage and interact with those people? And you could be thinking, well, Mikey, that's kind of a fair point. If you're against those things, why would you engage or interact with those people? But, but here's the thing. Jesus wasn't okay with sin either. Jesus, you could say, was against sin. So how can this be? How can two people not affirm sin, but one of them is sitting with the sinner and the other one is calling them scum? Here's what Jesus said. Verse 31, Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And so let's pause here. Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Jesus is God. Jesus has the ability to transform, to heal anybody's life. In fact, you can argue it's his main mission. It's the thing that he is most known for. And so in this metaphor, Jesus is the doctor, but who is the sick? The sick is anyone who needs healing, anyone who needs restoration, grace, forgiveness, a transformed heart. So Jesus is saying, if I have the power to heal the sick, to restore the broken, and to forgive sinners, why wouldn't I be here? See, Jesus doesn't affirm or celebrate sin. Jesus is against sin, but here's the thing. He's after the sinner. You see what I'm saying? He doesn't want these guys to continue in their lifestyle. 
He doesn't want them to continue to, to do the things that they're doing. But he realizes that is staying away and belittling and judging these guys going to help them in any kind of way? No. No, Jesus shows that if you love first, then you can be able to talk about these things in love. And so when you're known for what you're against, you're always playing defense. You're always trying to guard, no, 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 no. And so not only are you refraining from sin, which is good, but you remove yourself from things that are not sinful, but to other people may seem sketchy, like eating with tax collectors. But when you're known for what you're for, you're playing offense. You're looking for opportunities to win people for Jesus. You're committed to fleeing from sin, for sure, but you're not afraid to reach those who are committed to sin. For example, like sitting with tax collectors. So Jesus is so sure in his transforming love that he doesn't have to hide from these people. He doesn't have to play defense. He instead sees an opportunity to bring healing to the people who need it. And so with this generation, the millennial generation, that has left the church, what do we do with this information? What, what, how, how do we consider what's going on? And I think a lot of the times with this millennial generation, there was a lot of identifying the sin, which in the right context is okay, but there wasn't enough loving on the sinner. And so again, as Christians, we should be against sin. Don't think that I'm saying otherwise. It's what I'm saying. But even more than that, we need to be known for restoring the sinner. And so I ask you guys, what are you known for? What am I known for? Is it for what we're against? Is it our political party? Is it for canceling people? Is it our favorite sports team? The things we have? What are we known for? I encourage you to ask yourself, and if you're a Christian, and the answer is not love, then we need to ask why. And I won't lie to you. Mikey Bermudez probably isn't known by everyone for his love. So I'm not preaching to you. I'm with you. But we need to do something. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to get back to what this faith is all about. We need to give this faith a new PR. And I think it's getting back to Jesus and his life-changing love. You see, we need to reflect that, and the church needs to reflect that at large. But how do we do that? Like, maybe you're listening to this, and you're like, Mikey, that sounds cute. But how do you actually do that? How do you actually put this into practice? Well, man, I think in Romans 12, Paul gives us a pretty good take on this. In Romans 12, Paul's talking about different ways the church can love others. And so we're going to break this down here. Starting at verse 14, it says, Bless those who persecute you. 
Don't curse them, but pray that God will bless them. So in other words, pray for others. When people are against you, when you're being challenged, don't curse them. Don't belittle them. Don't roast them on your Facebook page. But pray for them. Pray that God will bless them because if God can change your life, then he can change their life. Next verse. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. In other words, guys, be there for others. Show people you care just because you care. Not with any expectation to receive anything or get anything, but just to be there. Because that's what Jesus is. He cares. When people win, celebrate with them. When people lose, mourn with them. And in that way, Christ is glorified. Next verse. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. In other words, guys, be humble. The Pharisees were way too proud to sit and hang out with Matthew and his friends. I'm asking you guys, let's be humble. Let's be a light in those dark areas. Don't think that you have all the answers for people. But know that you have the answer, and that's Jesus Christ. Next verse, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. In other words, be peaceful. Don't seek revenge. If somebody hurts you, don't look to hurt them back. Have integrity. Keep the peace. Represent who Jesus is to the world around you. Now, does this mean that if you're peaceful to others, they're going to be peaceful to you? No. No way. But when we make that decision again, guys, Christ is glorified. And so I'm asking you guys, please, man, consider these things. Pray about these things. And what I'm not saying is that you have to do all of these things perfectly to be a Christian. No. I'm asking you to look in, to be honest. And if you're looking at this and you're saying, that's not me, I don't do that all the time, then it's an opportunity for you to say, God, please do it in me. God, because I know that I can't. In my own strength, I can't be this way. I can't treat others that way. But Jesus can do it in us. You see what I'm saying? That's, it's the difference. It's not do, do, do. It's receive, receive, receive. But you've got to put yourself there. You've got to ask. You've got to be honest with yourself and say, God, I don't measure up to that. But you do. Do it in me. And so, guys, I'm committed to helping in any way I can to make sure that this next generation doesn't walk away from the faith. 
sorry. And I think I can do that by being known for what I'm for and not what I'm against. It's my prayer that you would consider this and join me in doing the same to destigmatizing some of the nonsense that's associated with our faith and our Savior. Again, I say loud and clear, we do not affirm sin. There are things that we are against, but love gives us the opportunity to make a real impact and have those discussions in love. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for, for your son, Jesus. God, I pray that we can be known for what we're for, not for what we're against, Father. I pray that we can, God, reflect the grace, the humility, the forgiveness, God, that Jesus portrays, Father, and realize what's been done for us, God, and take that and then do it for others, Lord, so that they can experience the same freedom, the same love, the same purpose, oh God, that Jesus has given us, Lord. God, help us not be a stumbling block. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me. Stand with me and sing this song. So this song is very special to the teens of Misfit Youth. Um, you could say it's our favorite song to sing to God. Um, we discovered it at teen camp last year. Um, and whenever we, we worshiped with this song, um, you could really tell our hearts and our souls were laid open. And um, you could tell we all felt connected and loved singing this. And yeah, I hope it does the same for you.
So Jesus, he ends his response to the Pharisees with this, verse 32. He says, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. In other words, guys, Jesus didn't come for those who think they're better than others. He didn't come for those who think they have it all together, that they're perfect, they're more righteous, more holy than others. No, that's not who Jesus came for. You see, instead, Jesus came for those who know they are not perfect, those who, who know that they've made mistakes, who, who know they need saving. Jesus came to forgive sins. And if that's you, if you know what that's like, I'm telling you right here and now, Jesus came to earth for you. Contrary to maybe what you've heard about Jesus or the church, Jesus came for you.
So if that's you, if, if you're considering what I've been saying and you're like, well, well, well what do I do with this? I, I'm, I'm, I'm in this realization where now I, I know who Jesus is. I maybe had some misconceptions. Maybe people told me some things or maybe even I experienced some things from the people of the church who have, who have hurt me. But if now you're saying, no, no, I understand who Jesus is, clearly, then right here and right now can be the day of salvation for you. You see, because this is and has always been about Jesus. I will hurt you. Men will hurt you. But Jesus will never do that. And if you're there, if you're considering what I'm saying, and you're saying, I want that. I want that forgiveness. I want that grace. I want my life to be changed because I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I've been hurt way too much. Then I'm asking you to give Jesus a try. See, because it's not works. You can't earn it. It's believing in what he did. It's realizing who he is and realizing who we are and what we've done. So if that's you right here and right now, if you want to make that declaration, if you want to change paths and follow this Jesus who will forgive you of your sins, man, would you boldly raise your hand in this worship center this morning? Praise God. Would there be anybody else? Anybody else? Man, if you raised your hand, or maybe if you didn't, but you did inside, I'm going to pray a quick prayer. Again, as my brother said earlier, it's not about the words. It's about the heart. It's about the decision that you're making inside. And the prayer goes like this. Pray with me out loud. Dear God, forgive me of my sins. I believe in Jesus Christ. I am choosing to follow him and give him my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you guys may be seated. We're going to go off into announcements. Give it up for our youth announcements. Team. Hi, everybody. Hi. So, welcome to Misfit Takeover. We're so glad that you guys joined us wait, wait, today. Wait, wait, Sorry to cut you off, but why are you standing like that? Oh, sorry. It's a Misfit thing. <laughs> so, um, we are... Well, yeah, I learned that from uh, my great youth pastor, Mikey, who has a habit of keeping his feet very close together while on stage. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, we are so glad that you guys came here to join us today. Um, it's an amazing opportunity to get to show you guys just a fraction of what we do on Friday nights. So thank you again for joining us here. Um, we do have a few announcements for you guys. Um, our first announcement is about small groups. Is anybody here in a small group? Ooh, a lot of small groups people. Very cool. Um, so small groups are a great way to get connected with people in your church, to get connected with God. And we have a bunch of small groups for you guys to join. Um, we have a few people that you can talk to outside. 
or you can go to renew.miami slash small dash groups if you guys want to find a small group for you. Okay, so I'm not personally a woman, but we have Women's Fellowship on February 12th. And just like I was saying, I might not be a woman, but I do know a thing or two about women. And if I was a woman, I would go to Women's Fellowship. So go to Women's Fellowship. We also have growth track on February 13th um, at 10.35 during our second service. Um, in the Connections Room, it's a great way to learn more about what we do as a church. And if you want to get more involved, if you want to serve, that's a great way to do it. So once again, February 13th at 10.35 during our second service in the Connections Room. We would love to see you there. We also have a date night on February 13th. Come here, and even if you don't have a partner, you can come and get twice the food. Hey, twice the food. Hey, hey. Um, also, this was the first event I had ever gone to, Color Wars. We have bake sales, we have games, blue versus red, March 14th. All right, bring it out, bring it out. Red's Ooh. definitely going to win. No, 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 blue's going to win. Blue's going to win. Blue's going to win. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. My bad, my bad. Now watch this. Ooh. Check oh. that out. You're, oh. you're back. <laughs> oh. There you go. Woo. Come on, how do I look? Oh, oh. man. Oh. All right. Well, I'm going to close. Yeah. Um, Misfit Youth, I cannot stress this enough. If you guys know any middle or high schoolers, please invite them to Misfit. We would love to see them there. And even if they just come in one time, just that one time, we would love to get them there and have them experience what we do on Fridays. It's such a great environment. We would love to have them. Um, and finally, if you want to give to Renew, there is a few ways to do it. The first way is by the envelopes on the backs of your seats. The second way is on our website, which is renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third way is via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. All right. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to close us in prayers. May you please bow your heads. Thank you, God, for this service. I hope that people will go home and feel blessed for what they did today, for what we did today. I hope we did very good, and I hope that you guys go home very happy and very, I guess, feel more blessed, you know. Um, I hope you guys will come next Sunday. You know, we're always doing live events, and I want to pray for you guys' lives and that you guys can have a blessed week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. You are dismissed.